So when you're a kid and you're trying to make plans for the future, keep in mind, you are still young. You're obviously still developing. Uh, and at that point, we're highly impressionable. So you hear from primarily our parents or other influencers that the next best step after graduating high school is going to college with the expectation that once you graduate, you're guaranteed to enter your career of choice where you are uh, bound to make more money than you've ever imagined, right? Um, but after speaking with other millennials and people of my generation, it feels as if the expectations that we had prior to college are obviously totally different uh, than the ones we had post-college. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Life. You're born into the world, you grow, you mature, you go to college, you start a career and a family. It looks like everything goes as planned. Or does it? Tigos listeners, I want to thank you all for tuning in uh, for this uh, most current episode. Uh, as you know, I've been away from uh, this podcast for a while, just living life, trying to get things in order. Uh, but now I am back. I do plan on posting uh, Motivational Mondays, uh, Wisdom Wednesdays, and Fun Fridays. Uh, just been on a uh, unexpected unexpected sabbatical. <laughs> so, uh, but I. I wanted to take this opportunity in, on this in this particular episode to have a conversation with two very close friends of mine. Uh, one of them, uh, my wife, uh, Mrs. Adrian uh, Pennywell, and a really good friend of ours whom we actually graduated with uh, within the same class, class of 2014 at Augusta University. Uh, my fr our friend, Miss uh, Danielle Pelmore. Um, we actually sat down at a table and had a lengthy conversation about our expectations concerning college, uh, pre, during, and after. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that it's uh, helpful in any way. And uh, yeah, and here we go. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. I'm your host, Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. Uh, today I am with uh, Mrs. Adrian Pennywell and uh, another very good, kind close friend miss uh danielle pelmore um both have recently well not recently have been previously recorded on this episode over the last um hold on 2017 three four five years uh, so this podcast has been existing since 
2017. Um, this will be episode 134, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I wanted to use this opportunity because over the last, I want to say two years, our ability to share the same space has been limited uh, for obvious reasons. Um, but throughout all of this, we've maintained a consistent uh, friendship and consistent communication, which is primarily the foundation of any, uh, any connection or interaction that you have with anyone. Um, but I, I wanted to use this space and opportunity to reflect on something that has affected all three of our lives. And we all have similar um, experiences concerning it, but from three different perspectives, which I think is awesome. It's like growing up in a house full of siblings. And when you actually sit down, when you get older, you end up hearing completely different things, even though y'all live like just a couple of feet away from each other. Um, but the title of this episode is School Days. I got the idea. That's D-A-Y-S. They want to use D-A-Z-E. School Days is obviously a, a 1988 uh, film created by Spike Lee. Um, if you ever get a chance to see it, it has a lot of iconic actors and actresses in that movie who have gone on to do some awesome things like, uh, oh man, what's her name? She played Gina. From Martin, what's her real name? Tisha Campbell. Tisha Campbell. Um, there's another guy that played. It currently plays on Dear White People. Um, I forgot his name. Of course, Spike Lee was in it. Um, but I wanted to focus on our experiences in college. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and uh, introduce the topic. Uh, we're not going to spend too much time on it, but it's just I'm I'm curious because I'm pretty certain I'm ending up hearing something that I haven't heard before. Um, uh, but what we're gonna talk about is three different stages. It's uh, all, everything has to deal with our expectations. Um, expectations <laughs> um, prior to college, our expectations during college, and expectations after. So uh, I guess I'll leave that up to one of you first and then we'll make our way around the table. So uh, the first question is, uh, what were what was you all's expectations going into college? Well, <laughs> I'll first say that seeing how our generation has been able to lock into the entrepreneurial route and become your own boss, I would say that I wish I knew before going to college that I had the option to not go to college. Yeah. And I had the option to pause after graduating high school and just be at home. I, I mean, knowing me as a person and my parents, they would definitely want me to get a job while I wait and pause and figure out what I really want to do. Um, but I think if I had the chance, I would have liked to be able to pause in that time between high school and going to college to really um, reflect on what is it that I really want to do, what are my interests, before being forced and pushed into the cycle of you know elementary school middle school high school college and just having that space and that time to define if college is really for me or not um, given the parents that I have um, I, 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 I understand having good work ethic I understand um, you know having as having a good education and 
uh, creating a good lifestyle for yourself. So I believe in going to college, but I don't believe that it's the standard anymore for everyone to have to go to college in order to be successful. Um, But the expectation I had to go into college, before I went to college, is just to paint, just to plainly get a job. <laughs> that I mean, that's literally the only reason that you know my parents were investing in me to go to college was to get my degree, my bachelor's degree, which I did get my bachelor's degree in TV and communications. Um, but that was really like the service level expectation. Like I'm gonna go to the school. I'm going to make some new friends, I'm going to, you know, get my degree, and when I graduate, I'm going to get a job, and then life's just going to be, you know, all rainbows and lollipops, (laughs) and that's it. (laughs) Wow. Rainbows and lollipops, that's pretty much uh, sums up uh, the optimistic spirit. Yeah. Yeah. There's no better way to to describe that. Um, What about you, Adrian? Um, so I went to college at 25, um, so I, I was a non-traditional student. Most people go to college right out of high school or somewhere around there, so the typical freshman is 17 to 19 years old and I was 25. Mm-hmm. So leading up to that, I thought college was for smart people. I know that sounds kind of silly to say, but um, I wasn't a great high school student. Um, so. I thought I thought it was for smart people and I thought college was hard so I at the time was not one for a challenge the idea of being challenged was not appealing to me I wanted things to be easy and you know most teenagers do most young people do um, and I use that term loosely but I just wanted I didn't want to have to work that hard for something and um, yeah, so I just thought if I'm going to college, it's going to be extremely hard and I'm not going to enjoy it. And it's only going to get harder and harder and harder, harder as you, you know, take, as you, you know, go through it. Yeah. So, I mean, really that was, that was it. That was, the, that was the concept that I had and that everybody else was smarter than me. So, um, did your parents have any direct conversation with you prior to going to college saying this is what you should do or even offer it as an option? Um, I think the best way for me to answer that is I don't remember conversations yeah. about about that. Like I don't want to say my parents didn't care. I don't, I don't remember my parents encouraging me to go to college. I remember at the time my primary focus was still to be a singer. I I wanted to pursue singing. I wanted that to be my career. And so I was still looking at, you know, finding a manager and going to talent shows and, you know, hoping to, you know, get signed. And that's not, I remember the conversation or things that I heard were have a backup plan. And of course, I didn't think a backup plan was necessary. So I just thought, oh, they're being haters. They don't want me to, you know, succeed or whatever. They don't think I could do it. And so they encouraged me to have a backup plan and consider going to college. But there wasn't really any, I don't remember any time of, of self-discovery, of 
um, and nobody put me in in different volunteer opportunities to see if I liked this kind of career or I never did any job shadowing to see if I was interested in this there was there wasn't a lot of cultivating my mind to think about stuff like that but my mom and that side of my family were all military and although they may have gone to college um my mom went to college in a different country and um not only that she didn't finish college because she wanted to join the army and my whole family served in the military my grandfather served my mom and her siblings served so college just wasn't on the radar but i mean there's so many things i could attribute that to but I mean, suffice it to say, I wasn't exactly pushed into college, but it was very traditional. It's, it's, it is very much my mother's way not to force anything on us. She never forced us to do anything. She would strongly encourage certain things, but my mom just was more of a, like a hands-off kind of parent. Yeah. Yeah. I know, uh, for me, mom, mom introduced the concept of college as not only hiring or advancing your education, but advancing in life. Um, mm. So mom, because mom, from what, I, from what she's told me, mom was a very awesome artist. She, her her, her uh, art of choice was painting. And she was really well, she was really good at it. And then all of a sudden she started tutoring children and I think her principal said you know I can't hire you without being certified so that compelled mom to go to school for certification mm. and through that she continued to acquire um, more credentials and she kept going to school and just from the outside looking in that was inspirational for me and my sisters like oh so maybe we should not only, you know, maybe we should go to college, but not just seeing it, but mom verbally expressed the importance of going to college and basically the idea of higher learning. Mm -hmm. um, as a student, <laughs> I, I was like, like that idea of not, I was not a good, I was terrible. Mm -hmm. I looked terrible on paper. Um, I got like A's in my, my conduct. Mm -hmm. That was my biggest issue. So when I got to high school, um, I was trying to figure out who I was outside of being a class clown mm -hmm. because my mom told me, she said, you know, and I tell you this all the time, she said, um, your peers are not laughing with you, they're laughing at you. And that was kind mm -hmm. of embarrassing because while I'm doing all this goofing around, my peers are making A's and B's mm -hmm. and, you know, doing so well. And I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. So when I got to high school, I couldn't do that anymore. So I'm yeah. like, so what do I have? And I was trying to like, how do I, how do I find out who I am while trying to maintain a good grade point average mm -hmm. so that I can? And But I never thought about being an, att an attractive candidate for college. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I just know I have to eventually go to college. Okay, so I have a question though. Did you know what a GPA was? <laughs> GPA, I think I did. Yeah, because around 10th grade, that's when I started paying attention. And be like, my, I never really looked it up, but I know it wasn't good based on... <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't know yeah. what that was. I think I heard about GPAs upon graduation. Mm-hmm. I had never. You know what? Now I think about it. I didn't really think about a GPA either until like senior year. I had never even heard of the letters. Mm-hmm. Like that's how bad it was. And it wasn't because I, 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 it, I think it was that I didn't have the right support around to help me figure out, you know, why learning is important or why you should go to college what kind of people go to college. I just didn't have that kind of mm, mentorship. I don't know if that's the right word, but like I just didn't have the right kind of people talking into me, speaking into me that way. Yeah. So I didn't know what a GPA was. And when I looked on, you know, the stats of graduation, because, you know, you've got the valedictorian, salutatorian and all that. Uh, I was in the bottom 50 percentile. Wow. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. I, it <laughs> meant nothing to me because I didn't understand ranking i didn't understand gpa i didn't know what a gpa was didn't know what the letter stood for didn't know that it could obviously if i didn't know what the letters were i didn't know, even know that it could affect you getting into college which is a totally different story of yeah. you know the expectations mm-hmm. of college i mean I, that was just what i thought about college i mean it's different upon the application process yeah mm-hmm. Cause it wasn't until miracle I made it in. Cause it was, um, <laughs> cause at some point you teach your teachers and counselors to have to tell you, hey, you know, if you want to get into a good college, you probably want to start thinking about your choices midway. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were informing us, hey, you might want to make sure you get your GPA to a certain point. And for me, considering ranking, I just knew there's no way I would never be in the top percentage. There's no way. And so I never aspired for it mm. because I didn't think I could achieve it. And but it wasn't until I got I almost got held back in tenth grade because I failed of all classes literature, mm. and that that made mom really upset. Not just the fact that I was about to be held back. She's like, you are a writer, and you failed English. Yeah. So it's not the material. It was me, because once I got into the summer class, I passed that with an A. But I realized it's my focus because mm-hmm. it was less students and the class was a lot more condensed because it was covered in about a month or two. Um, but funny thing you mentioned about taking a break. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just lost. <laughs> Completely <laughs> lost. So when I graduated, literally all my graduation money, I used that to get a Greyhound ticket to go to Arkansas and then go visit my girlfriend. (laughs) So my priorities were all totally off. So we are going to take this opportunity to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Yo, what up, TGOS listeners? Uh, so there's a lot going on these days. That's um, a lot of talk about inflation, gas prices going up, price of chicken going up, price of everything is going up. Uh, but I think the one thing that we can strive to do is to stay informed. So whatever news source that you're using, continue to use it. Make sure that it's reliable. Uh, make sure that it's credible so that we can stay informed and make wise decisions as we continue to go forward there are a lot of things that we can't control then again there are many things that we can so let's focus on 
uh, the latter. Hope you all are enjoying this latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. And now, back to the episode. pounds i'll never forget that because all i was eating was ramen noodles and then i remember i'm sure you lost 20 pounds man because i remember having a shirt and it fit me but when i got back it felt like a 3x or something (laughs) and i'm like what's going on and I, i was very depressed so i decided to try to move back to arkansas later that year in 2004 2005 hit for about six months couldn't find a job or nothing got sick like, uh, like I think I got maybe um, the flu or something like three times back to back. My mom had to send me antibiotics through the mail. And my sister, my oldest sister, wrote me a letter. And she was in Savannah. So I think Savannah State at the time. And Tasha, she never, I've never seen her respond to me in such a way. But she wrote like a two-page letter basically saying, you need to bring your butt home. Mm-hmm. So I came home started working at a factory and then I started uh, working at Target and I was in a position where I was about to be basically kicked out of someone's house so I was like you know what I'm gonna go to college and that's how yeah. that came about uh, it was more circumstantial mm-hmm. than like a wise decision right um, I think a lot of like deciding to go what I don't like is I feel like the well American society anyway feels like 18 year olds should know what they want to do like when we graduate high school I have so many issues with what career we want to do we should know you know how we're going to use that career yeah you're supposed to make a a, what 18 28 38 48 58 let's just say 60 you're supposed to make a 50 year decision Mm-hmm. at 18 and you can't even make a good one year decision at right. 18 who yeah. thought that that was a good idea some people can mm-hmm. but for the majority like I like when we get into it I didn't really zone in into you know TV and cinema till the end of my sophomore year because um, in high school I had an interest in fashion and stuff so I thought I wanted to be like a fashion designer at some point I thought mm-hmm. I wanted to be a fashion buyer and then of course my dad comes around as a being a business-minded person he's like well how are you gonna make money off of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that got me thinking like okay well uh <laughs> so I looked into fashion marketing and we were looking at different schools I looked at SCAD actually and I actually got accepted into SCAD but I'm, I'm thankful that my dad was like no because you're gonna have to take out a loan I don't want you to have to deal with that and thankfully, my dad is, you know, familiar with the stock market and investing. So he used Apple stock to put me to, to bring me through college. Oh, wow. um, so I didn't have to deal with the loan. That's and, a blessing. Yes. Thank God. Um, but with that, you know, there's still pressure to succeed. So I looked into fashion marketing and um, we did look at SCAD and they had like a course, but like it wasn't accredited yet. So it was still like a new, fresh program. So on top of that, my dad didn't really feel comfortable with me going into that program with it not being accredited yet. 
so then I just kind of backtracked like okay let me just do marketing then um, so I think in my sophomore year I took a marketing class I enjoyed the teacher the subject was interesting but something in me was like do I really want to do this as a career though yeah um, so I kind of went back into my younger years my childhood and kind of like what really like piqued my interest um, and I remember always watching movies, always being interested in how movies are made, et cetera, et cetera, like watching the special features. It's like, you know what, let me go into maybe like communications and TV cinema program. Let me go over here. And that's what kind of helped me zone in by reflecting back on my childhood and what made me spark during my child years yeah. was cinema. So I looked into that, and that kind of that that's what led me down my road into TV and cinema and media production and all that. But I didn't know that till like I don't know, like two years after going into college. So I wonder how my career would look now if I did have that opportunity to take a break and pause. Like, would I still be in cinema, or would I be, you know, a full-blown fashion designer? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> But I think that importance of an 18-year-old having that time and that space to to be allowed to take a pause, be allowed to reflect on what they want to do without a parent or guardian or anyone telling them, like, you got to do this, like, you got to go to college, you got to do this. And it's like, they need a second <laughs> to yeah. reflect on what type of person they want to be, like, what do they want to cater to the world professionally. Yeah. And I think if we allow 18-year-olds to do that, then we probably have a better world. And then a lot of parents yeah. wouldn't have to spend as much money. <laughs> well, yeah. for me, I needed more time to develop as a person. Yeah, that Like, too. I needed character development. What do I want to contribute to the world? That's not a thought I even could conceive. Like, right. I was just thinking about what I want out of the world. And mm. the challenge, any challenge was just not even attractive I mean as an adult you think about man challenges bring such great rewards when it's something that you want but you know it's challenging you know you can conceptualize that the the ends justify the means mm -hmm. that it's worth it to push through it's worth it to do all the hard things but me I just I I, I didn't have very I just wasn't very well developed as a 17 year old coming out of college I mean out of high school so I would have been a terrible candidate for high I mean for college you know going from high school at 17 years old straight into college and so I, I see a lot of 17 and 18 year olds today and I'm like man you guys are so mature <laughs> like to, to be able to even think about what you want to do you know mm -hmm. or to, to to begin to digest in your mind why you would prefer to be a nurse versus um, uh, a news anchor. Yeah. Like, I, I, those thoughts didn't come to me. I didn't even know what majors were available. I just thought you went to you went to nursing school to be a nurse and you went to social work school to be a social worker. You went to doctor school to be a doctor. <laughs> I didn't even know that you could go to school to be a fashion designer. I just right. thought it was something you did yourself. and mm -hmm. Or that... Um, or you know that you go to school to, to to teach you know that was an obvious one but I didn't even know 
I mean, it might as well have been like school, like college was like plopping me right on Mars. Because I just, nobody, nobody really introduced me appropriately to college. So, right. I mean, people tried and it's not because they didn't try, but in a group setting, when a counselor comes in to talk about it, talk about college, I wasn't sinking in. I think I may have needed somebody to answer my questions and then kind of walk me along. Yeah. Because I just, I just was so oblivious. I had no idea. But um, by the time I had decided to go to college, I had decided to go because I knew that I wanted more for my life. I wanted to make more money than I was making at the time because I was a, I was working in the healthcare field. I was a phlebotomist, which is a person who draws blood. And, and they, they do more than that, but that's the basis. You, you go get your blood drawn. A lot of times it's a phlebotomist, and that's what I did for a while, and I was pretty good at it, and it felt comfortable, but I knew that that was as much as I was ever going to make, but I knew I wanted to get married and have kids one day, and you can't, you can't go on vacation with the money I was making. <laughs> so I knew I wanted more for my life, and... Um, but you're also like 25, so there's I a whole was. another, like you know, mindset of going to college. Because me, you know, I'm what like 18, 19, whatever, and I'm just thinking like robotically, I just need a job. <laughs> I'm not even thinking yeah. about like the the I guess emotional or personal experience of going to college and becoming a new person at the end. I of wouldn't it. think about that. You I know? was also thinking about a job. Yeah, that was what I wanted. I wanted I wanted a better paying job. That was basically why I went to college because, you know, I mean, and we're still talking about what your expectations, you know, prior to college. And so this is like right before college starts for me. I thought that I was going to get into college, that I was going to learn things. It was going to take a long time and feel like a long time. But I was committed. I was like, this is what you got to do. Just do it. Just put your head down, do the work. And eventually you will get to the end and bam, you'll have a degree and you'll get a better job. You'll be, you'll make better money. I thought that when you went to college right before, I, you know, the, the preparatory introductory about to step into my first class phase, I just thought you went to college to get a career and make more money. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I feel bamboozled. <laughs> I don't want a refund. I just want I want a partial refund. How about that? <laughs> it's like um, because for me, I I just thought by default, once you get your degree, you gonna get all this money. money, money Somebody money. gonna look at your <laughs> application, and be like, oh, he has a degree. Right. Let's hire him. Why let's hire her? Um, which is funny because when I was working, uh, when I like when I was working at Target, one of the uh, managers, and he was a like a like a like a, a flood of them coming in. A lot of them were young, and one I know one person that not only had gotten a degree in business management, but him being a manager was his very first job. Oh wow! That was his first job because he had a degree first job wow so i was like oh well that's interesting um yeah and it was also during a time where i was being exposed and sorry to say this because it is true uh ethnicity and race does play a part in employment because i was like because he was 
he wasn't, you know, a person of color. Mm. So I was like, so I started asking myself, so if he was a person of color, would he have had the same opportunity? Mm -hmm. Because I've seen people come through this same system, highly skilled, but wasn't at a management level. Mm -hmm. People that I was working with were not only older than me, but more experienced, but had yet to acquire that position. But here he is coming fresh out of college, first job, and that's what he has. Mm. Which means he has no experience, which he's acquiring experience with employment. Mm. But I was like, how does that work? So that was a perplexed experience for me. Um, so I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, initially, because this is a segue, we would go like this, at this point, you're like, we're in college and, you know, we haven't, like AU, what was that class? It was the introductory oh, class. Yeah. Uh, what was it called? Like, was it freshman 101 or something? Augusta, yeah, I think it was something. ASU 1000. Yes. And like, you're there, like, introducing you to how to study yeah. and stuff. And you're, like, Man, you're a college student now. I got so much out of that class. That I was did my too. first time. I just was like, where was this information when I was a kid? Man. I don't remember it. <laughs> I want to back up for a second and like like pre-segue the segue and say that when the school um, so currently it's Augusta University oh. and well I'm going somewhere with it but okay. not there and then um, but when we all were there because um, we're all we all went to college together it was Augusta State University and they yeah. had this program that was a it was they called it it was a weird name but it was the University College program mm. and so when I applied to the school I didn't actually know this I didn't I, I didn't really qualify for college hmm. because I was missing a math credit I didn't realize I was missing a math credit what happened in high school was you know you've got the college track and then the technical college track yeah well I was on the college track and I didn't apparently I didn't have all of the math credits um, to, to qualify f under that high school diploma. So because of senior year, you know, last minute, they must have switched me over to technical college so that I could qualify to graduate from high school. And I didn't know that at the time. They may have told me, I just don't remember. I didn't know. Yeah. So when I applied to Augusta State University, they said that I was I was allowed to attend probationarily. I don't know if that's a word, but I was basically under probation. I had to complete um, 30 credit hours of school successfully with good grades, and I had to take remedial courses in math so that I could catch up with everybody else. Hmm. Wow. So when I went, I was taking math 98 and math 99 to make up for what I didn't get. I had to supplement that. And once I got out of that program, then I was officially a, an actual sophomore. And that was a really big year for me. I remember I was so excited because it was just a really big accomplishment. Because again, I was not a great student. Um, I, I didn't understand study techniques. I didn't understand why it was important to learn anything at all. I, I didn't care about math. I didn't care about geometry or you know, I barely cared about literature. Those things just didn't seem to have any tangible meaning yeah. to my life, like any direct influence. I didn't see the point. Yeah. So going from that to being 26, 
26-ish, something like that, 26 or 27, something like that. And, and having this big accomplishment and then also being able to say that I made the dean's list. That was, you know, those were, those were things that were setting me up for the latter segue that we will get to about expectations after college. But in college, you know, like you were saying, just the expectations that we have that about what's coming up. And because of these huge milestones and how big they were, how big a deal they made them in college, you made the dean's list. Yeah. And you graduated from university college and you are officially a four-year... Five year. years. Right, right, right. <laughs> you are a it took real me five. Life, yeah, like a college student. And, and you get all these accolades. And don't you want to be decorated when you graduate from college like those were the things that were setting me up for man I was just so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed yeah. in college yeah and I thought man when I get done I recognize so I, I I have a bachelor's degree in communications with the focus in public relations and so I thought maybe I'm going to go into nonprofit, build some programs I know that nonprofit doesn't make as much money but I assumed I would make some money yeah and I assumed a lot of things that weren't true. Hmm. Um, like you said, you expect um, that your degree counts for something. Hmm. That when you have a college degree, they think of you as an attractive candidate. Um, and then we all face the reality that they want you to have a college degree and two years of experience. Right. But no. they won't give you right. the experience. And it's funny because... Um Wow, like I didn't even know that 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 opportunity was um, granted to cho- uh, children. Children. <laughs> <laughs> I to, might as well have been one at the time. We were children. Yeah, uh, to uh, to students because I just thought once you came in, you were automatically, you know, within. Um, you were just a regular student. Yeah. You know that program is still there. It's just called something different. It, it's run differently. And I'm glad that it's offered because a lot of if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that, these students wouldn't have these opportunities. So um, and look at me, y'all. Y'all in graduate school. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> I can't believe it. Seventeen-year-old me would have been like, nah. Man, nah. and then I wouldn't. I just because a part of me, as when I was that age, I was like, I know. I kept telling myself, if I ever go to college, I'm going to college to be a better writer. Yeah. And I stuck to that. But ironically, and since we start with uh, actually being in college, I actually came across so many other students that ended up changing their majors, mm-hmm. had similar majors as me. But they, I said, I said well, what you major? I said, I majored in this, but I had, had to change it because there was no money in it. And I was like, oh. And these were students' reaction after they had conversations with their parents. Mm-hmm. Same. Same. I was actually, I was not a communications major, major originally. First it was nursing, mm-hmm. then it was music. And then it was social work, not social work, sorry, sociology. So when we hmm. met, was uh, that communication course a part of your sociology track? Was that- I, so um, I, ta- I, was, I declared sociology and then I double majored in communications and sociology and someone convinced me. So it was within this period that I'm talking okay. about now um, that I was like either majoring i must have been double majoring at the time and somebody was like there's no money in sociology 
you just do research and whatever, whatever. To all the sociology people who are actually using their degrees, my apologies. But <laughs> <laughs> someone told me there was no money in it. And so I was like, well, I'm here to make money, not be sad and broke. So right. I dropped sociology and just stuck to communications. What about you, Danielle, when you were... When you first started college and you finally found yourself doing what you wanted to do, um, what was your mindset on how am I going to make a living off of this? Um, so what? So in my sophomore year, when I switched, because I came in majoring in marketing, then I switched at the end of my sophomore year to communications with a focus in TV cinema. I would say that de that degree is kind of split in half because, or the focus of the degree is split in half because the communications part was like very did very well for me, yeah. Because I was able to major in something that was appealing to employers. So, because when they see communications, they say, "Oh, okay, like you you know how to be a professional, you know how to communicate." You know, you kind of give off that sense of this is a good quality employee for me to invest in and hire. That's true. Um, they do think professional. Mm -hmm. hmm. And on top of that, for me, my degree did help me. Um, not initially, as we've yeah. been talking about. You know, I got a retail job after I graduated high school. I mean, sorry, after I graduated college, my first job was at a shoe store with a mm -hmm. bachelor's degree. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So insulting. Yeah. But anyway, um, a year or so in, after graduating college, it's, you know, about maybe two, three years after my first quote-unquote big girl job was as a receptionist, but I only got that job because I had a bachelor's degree. Yeah. I was made. So it wasn't even about this, the bachelor's degree, it was a bachelor's like degree. Like like, so it wasn't that you had a bachelor's degree in communications with a focus in TV cinema. No, no, no. It was just, oh, she has a bachelor's degree. She, that's good. Yeah, like, it was kind of like, I guess, like a checkbox type mm. of eligible requirement with certain employers. Like, oh, you got a degree? Cool. We'll look at you, or we'll interview you and see how it goes. So as far as, like, the communications part of it all, I felt like that did me well in being, being able to get different jobs and different experiences in certain uh, ways even internships. I got my first internship after college, but that was more so associated with the side of the TV cinema part. Yeah. Because you did have to have a degree to get certain internships. Mm -hmm. So the TV cinema side, like that's a whole nother avenue because I had to really zone in on how the heck do you get in <laughs> to the TV, you know, film industry world. I had no idea. Um, so it was really on me and my stamina and my interests and my commitment to figure it out. And thankful to my parents, they allowed me the time to take internships and to work part-time jobs and to take these different workshops about filmmaking and editing and being able to volunteer on like independent film projects and stuff like that. So through having that support and that time to do those different things, that's how I built experience that way. Yeah. And then that led me to, you know, bigger opportunities um, for bigger production studios and stuff like that. Um, but if it wasn't for, um, like, the degree itself, I guess, and letting me get experience in the professional world, one, 
and then two, my parents being supportive and allowing me the time to, first of all, quit, because I did ask them, because I was honestly miserable at that receptionist <laughs> job. Yeah. It was so boring. I hated it. Like, yeah, I was, it was like my first like uh, hourly or salary job out of college, but I hated it. It was boring. I felt like I wasn't really fulfilling any purpose being there. Yeah. So I asked my parents, like, look, I'm miserable. <laughs> like, this is what I actually want to pursue. So can I have the time to do that? That's good that and they were so supportive. I mean, yeah. very few people have that. Mm-hmm. So that's really what kind of initiated that start to pursue the TV cinema side. So going back to college, like in regards to the TV cinema, like I understand what I was taught was like the uh, the mechanics of TV, TV cinema, like how to write a script, how to oh. edit, how to, you know, bring a uh, production team together. It's like the science of the it. The science of yeah. it. But I wasn't taught the practical steps. For, and you know, in my experience, I wasn't taught the practical steps of this is how you look for a job in the film industry. This is how you yeah. network. This is what you wow. need to do. I didn't learn that till after college. So and through right. my own commitment and researching. And by the grace of God, he made Atlanta the new film capital or whatever of <laughs> the country. So there was a lot of talk about the film industry at that time when I got out of college. So through me just, you know, hopping into, into, into different uh, film workshops, I volunteered at the Atlanta Film Festival. You know, that's when I started meeting different people, networking, doing whatever I had to do, working for free, because you will have to work for free in the film industry in the beginning. Um, and through the support of my parents, you know, being able to do that, that's the only way I was able to even make any type of you know footprint in that industry. Yeah. So you feel like your degree has been useful for me. Yeah, it has been. That's good. Mm-hmm. Hello again, T. Guys, listeners. We're gonna take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Hello, Tigas listeners. Just wanted to put this um, this plug here right quick. If you are interested in sharing your story or any experience that you have had uh, during your lifetime, whether it's your life story in its entirety or just the uh, an experience, a particular experience that you had and that you don't mind sharing on this uh, podcast platform, hit me up. You can find me on Instagram. Um, at Mr. Pennywell, uh, that's M-I-S-T-E-R-P-E-N-N-Y-W-E-L-L, or you can find me at, on Facebook, simply Calvin Pennywell. Um, yeah, you can look at my online portfolio, which is Calvin W. Pennywell Jr. dot org. That's Calvin W. Pennywell Jr. dot O-R-G. Um, if you need to reach me, um, you just can just you can just contact me via any one of those uh, contacts. So I would love to hear from you, and I'm certain others will too. So hit me up. Let me know if you're open to sharing the glory in your story. Uh, but continue to listen in. We're at the home stretch of this interview. Um, it was an awesome pleasure to hear from. Um, both my wife and a dear friend of ours, 
um, and uh, concerning our experiences as college students and experiencing life before, during, and after uh, college graduation. So, yeah, continue to listen, and here we are uh, back to the episode. like a to me it it paints a a big picture it says that when I listen to all of our stories that things that are extremely important are not just the supportiveness like I I permit you to go to college but the 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 efforts that your parents made to to cultivate your interests to help you discover what they were and and also your parents investing in that and um you having the like having the experiences afterwards all all, just the all the little breadcrumbs it's it sounds like you had a very good setup for making a useful making good use of your degree yeah and I do wish that they would have taught you guys some um, job job skills. Um, on my track, we got some job skills. They did help us develop a resume, and they did help us look at job descriptions. I remember it was one of our homework assignments to go pull a job and to read through read between the lines Mm -hmm. we had to figure out what they were really saying and our professor i'll never forget dr von tool was like you know oh well they're saying you know they want a candidate who's um really great with people Uh, they want a fast learner they want to they this person they want to hire a fast learner and so what that means class is that they're not going to teach you very much you're going to have to learn by yourself and as she was going through, she's reading in between the lines, and it was my first time hearing. And I was like, okay, these are real skills I'm gonna have to use as a communications graduate. Yeah. So my first job was at a nonprofit, which was what I was pursuing. And I was also an office person. I was a I was an associate. No, wait, I was the what did they call me? I was just an associate. And um my expectations were very different. I had an unfortunate reality check with what office politics are like. Um, and so I left that job and was still continuing to pursue the usage of my communications degree. And so I went to working in hospice care as a volunteer coordinator because, again, volunteers are extremely important in nonprofit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And uh, I got this clean, dry slate, no volunteers, and I thought this is the perfect opportunity for me to build up this program, but I did not have the support. I didn't have the actual support of my staff, of my bosses. Um, It was a really toxic environment. Um, So, you know, where I could have had some, you know, there could have been guidance provided, there could have been some references or some suggestions provided I I was kind of left to my own devices as a new person. Even though I did have ideas on how to build up the volunteer program, I was really left to my own devices and left to fulfill expectations without assistance. And 
at that point, I was really questioning my degree and questioning, you know, if, if it was worth it because I wasn't making any money. And um, one of the things, one of the expectations while I was in college was that I would be able to pay off my student loans after I graduated, that I could afford it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we, I thought we could afford it. And, you know, I've, I've had, I've had these things said to me. This isn't like hearsay from secondary, third or fourth sources, but people will say, you know, you got to earn your way. You, you, you got to start from the bottom and climb up. You, you don't get to just start at a certain level, but when you invest tens of thousands of dollars or mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars, the expectation is that it would be financially, it would be a financial investment that was worth it. And so far, unfortunately, my degree has not been worth it. Um, and that's not to say that any, that college isn't worth it, but I, I think I would have still gone to college, but now with the track that I'm on going into healthcare, um, going to school to become an occupational therapist, I would have chosen, I would have either chosen a different route or I would have gone to OT. I would have applied to OT school sooner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, because what I learned with the, the college experience I had was fulfilling. I learned a lot. My mind was expanded. I was challenged and I discovered that being challenged was a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I made a lot of really good friendships. I got married <laughs> and um, because I'm going to college and you know there's there was a lot I, I mean the program was great i learned about myself in the program that i love the art of communicating it's yeah. fantastic and i feel like every program needs to have more communication classes involved because we all have to communicate um but i think i would have just i think i would have chosen a slightly different route i don't think i would have changed it completely but I would have chose a different route. I think I would have just gone to OT school a lot sooner. All right, yeah, it's funny you said that about post college and you know getting that reminder that you do have to pay this. Um, I look at uh, <laughs> <laughs> congratulations, I, I want your money. And, and speaking of congratulations, I felt like Sally Mae was that that baby mama. <laughs> saying, uh, you are the father of such and such. <laughs> And you have to, you're now you're 99.9% responsible for, for paying, paying all this back. Yeah. And I'm just going to keep calling you until you take upon your, <laughs> your parental responsibilities. <laughs> and I was like, man, this this is, ah. Uh. But going back to me, it, um, my expectations during college, since I was a uh, lit major, specifically initially, uh, which was funny because my my senior portfolio was going to be different since i was initially a lit major my senior portfolio was going to consist of essays and i in analytical papers when i found that out i was like i don't feel like doing this so i was speaking to uh, another professor and they were like you know if you go the creative writing route your senior portfolio can be uh a collaboration of all your personal pieces mm. you can just turn that in I'm like are you serious get at that point I had already right had already a, had uh, it. yeah I had a collection so you just go pick out stuff and add <laughs> yes <basically. laughs> and I, like, I already have this mm-hmm. um, and plus I think I would enjoy that more and plus there was that light bulb like I didn't know this was an option so that not only do I get to do something that's applicable to my 
my uh, degree, but it's something that I can actually enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. but the one thing that professors were trying to infuse in us was that, okay, since you're on this track, what I, what you should do is go ahead and pick your, uh, your, uh, your uh, master's programs, hmm. concentrate in literature so that you can get a degree, a master's degree, and possibly teach mm. college. Nobody mentioned high school. Nobody mentioned oh, really? high school that I know of. No. Because I, I, I remember you talking about the influence to teach college. I didn't know it was college. Yeah, that's all I heard. I thought it was like, oh, become a high school teacher. Mm-mm. Teach in the university setting. Mm. Um, oh. So they were, they were grooming my classmates as well as myself to do that. Interesting. And uh, I was like... Very uh-uh. interesting. So I didn't want to teach. So there was that question, what do I do with my degree? So that's when I thought about mm-hmm. going into journalism. So I would get to write for a living. Then I was turned off by that because I was like, well, this is not something I'm interested in right now. And then I was challenged by somebody that I was working with. It was an older uh, black man. Uh, working with at Target, and we were just working. And he looks at me, and says, so "What are you? What are you in school for?" I said, "I'm in the school for this." I said, "Well, so what are you going to do with the degree?" I said, "I plan on doing that." And like, so, and then he just asked me um, what he proposed. He said, "Well, you know, just make sure that you pursue something that's going to support your living." But I never would have thought of that, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Huh." So being self-sufficient wasn't a primary goal for you? Nope. Survival was. So like, if I can do what I can to survive, and we've talked about that, having a survival mentality and not aspiring to go even further than that, that's where I capped off. That was my glass, my personal glass ceiling, was as long as I can do what I need to do to survive. Not thinking about the possibility, or considering the possibility of being a husband, Mm. being a father, being a mentor, or providing resources for somebody else mm. that's my my selfishness that was that was it for me and then later when I was heading towards the end where I was about to graduate in year seven uh, seven because <laughs> at this point um, she started but I think it took like four years four and a half and but for me I was, I was like I was getting upset with myself because I was dropping courses and it got to the point where if I was to drop one more course, they're going to kick me out. And they started um, enforcing that to prevent students from dropping courses because their primary goal was to make sure to get students in and get students out. And I was a part of that uh, that friction. Um, But I had no idea what I was going to do. I knew what I didn't want to do. And I was stuck in that gray area. So the day before we graduated, of course, I had to, you know, you had to pack up all your stuff in mm-hmm. University Village because once you graduate, you got to go. Right. And my room was clear. Only thing I had in there was my bed, was the mattresses, and I didn't have any covers. And I remember, and I told you about this, lying in that bed and curling, like imploding, mm. because I was like, what am I going to do after graduation? It's yeah. a terrifying question. And yeah. now I try to prevent myself from asking people that. Because right. remember, we discussed we that. We hated the question. Mm. I hate that question because it's like when you're in college, 
you have choices, but there's still a limited choice that you have. You can pick from five classes. Which one do you want? Instead of you can pick from infinity careers. <laughs> How do you decide? And, and like there were just too many choices, too many possibilities, way too many options. And going back to what you said, Danielle, the pressure. Yeah. The yeah. pressure to make your investment, somebody's investment, right. worth it. Because it wasn't mine. <laughs> right. And see, for me, mine was mine. Yeah. Because by the time I went to college, I had aged out of needing a parent mm, to, right. to co-sign my, my, um, my student loans. Mm-hmm. And so they all rest on my shoulders. And I'm kind of glad because I, I wouldn't have wanted that to sit on my mother's shoulders. Yeah. I mean, she's got four of us. You know, she doesn't need that independently and singularly sitting on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. And I, you know, I, I, when we were graduating, when we were wearing our cap and gowns yes. and we had our, you know, our, our stoles or our whatever, we had the things. The graduation cap. We were yeah. so happy the and room. so excited. <laughs> I cried because... You know, of the situation I was, I had graduated on the same stage from high school oh. 11 years prior, but under very awful circumstances, I had, I didn't know what a GPA was. I was in the bottom 50 percentile, didn't know it yet. I was pregnant and I just like was directionless. Right. And now I'm graduating on the same stage, mm-hmm. you know, shining, glimmering hope in front of me and also terrifying fear because I don't know what I'm going to do. They don't hand out jobs when you graduate from college and that's, you know, I don't know what the expectations are for the parents or the guardians sending their their family members through but my father even said, yeah, things are different. 30 years ago when I was graduating from college, a bachelor's degree meant something. Mm. Today, you need a master's degree to do stuff. Yeah. And, you and know, sometimes my, even a, a doctor's. Sometimes. It depends on what field you're going into. Yeah. And, you know, my father, he works in supply chain management, um, which I, I'm going to chop it up. But he basically deals with contracts and large-scale purchasing orders, kind of like inventory. And I apologize for those people who know what I should be saying and know that I'm <laughs> screwing it up. But he like the what he does like he makes pretty good money but i don't think that that's accepted like i don't think you could do that with a bachelor's degree yeah these days um and but the thing is that you know my to hear somebody from you know from from the boomers you know the baby boomers say that to us millennials it felt affirming like somebody understands the struggle who didn't go through it instead of saying oh you feel entitled oh you feel privileged like you just deserve a better job and what we're really saying is i need to be able to survive i didn't invest this much time and money Mm -hmm. because this is an expensive time to go to college um, no matter where you go i didn't invest all of this just to start making ten dollars an hour i deserve better than that if I can make more than that at, at, at Chick-fil-A and McDonald's without any education, then it should mean that being a professional, having these skills that we cultivated 
should automatically mm -hmm. come with some kind of pay raise because like you said i have a degree in communications which means i have alert a certain level of professionalism that i was taught that i will bring into the workplace i have good writing skills that as a creative writer with a degree in english you definitely know my skills in writing are going to come across crisp and clean mm -hmm. yeah. and you're not going to have to train me and teach me how to use verbs and nouns in the right places you're not going to have to worry about run-on sentences when i am your communications representative in email format i'm going to represent you well whatever those things are right and so um i i i, I felt affirmed by somebody and it, it wasn't as much that it was my dad it was like somebody from the previous generation yes yeah. it yeah. They get it. They see it. Well, not every boomer. <laughs> That's why I said somebody. Not every boomer. <laughs> no. They think it's supposed to be all the same. Nope. Definitely not. So um, to, to, to sum this up, I think this will be a great opportunity to touch base on post-college and the opportunities that we have been offered, opportunities that we've had to turn down, and, oh, man. and realizing that all of it it's okay like it's not mm -hmm. gonna make or break you um so i know for me i've gotten more out of my degree <laughs> in in places that were non-traditional in relation to what i went to school for if that makes sense like mm -hmm. uh i was since i went to school my my major is creative writing with a concentration and well with a my major is uh, literature with concentration in creative writing and a uh, um, minor in communication. So I've worked in a setting, a which would be considered a medical setting, uh, for about six years. And that whole time I'm thinking, what am I doing? Like, no, hmm. about three, two years in, because uh, that was my first salary job. All these kind of benefits. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, this is... Big time job. Yeah. So I'm like, this is this is awesome. But like a few years in, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. It has nothing to do with your... But because of my degree, because of my practice, and because of the experiences that I've had, even outside of college, when things happened and then communication needed to be uh, crisp, communication was vital, an email, a concise, thorough email changes everything something so basic it's, right. it seems basic i i, I apologize that <laughs> seems it seems basic and it and i i've i've had to be on the other end of disagreements and my response was illustrated via email in such a way that once they received it they had no rebuttal like they knew exactly how i felt they were aware of the facts and it was void as much as I possibly could, as much as it possibly could be of emotion, yeah. so that you know exactly. Yes, you know exactly what I mean. Mm -hmm. And I was like, see, uh, CJ, if you, if it wasn't for everything that came before you, you wouldn't be able to do this now. Yeah. And I'm certain that, and you can speak on, because of what you went through, not just academically, uh, but emotionally, uh, socially. All of that was uh, applicable and necessary because at one point you get to the other end and you're like, wow, 
if it wasn't what if it wasn't because of what happened to me mm-hmm. 10 years ago mm-hmm. i wouldn't be able to do this yeah. so it's funny how we still are getting what we need outside of the classroom that makes our degrees even more relevant agreed agreed and what we graduated uh eight years ago 2014 yeah yeah Eight years ago. That was eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was eight oh years God. ago. Yes, ma'am. We've been out of college that long. Um, so, uh, I feel like I can look back and it, it was worth it. It just wasn't worth it financially. Yeah. If I could have, what would have made it worth it is paying less. That part. <laughs> or getting the degree that I mm. was trying to get. I mean, the job, oh. sorry. Getting the job that I was trying to get. Yeah. Like, if I would have paid less, if, if I would have paid, I, one of my, I, I worked on campus for a short stint, and my supervisor was like, when I was in college, I paid $500 a semester. What? <laughs> <laughs> right? I was like, it meant, That's if I That's not enough for a meal plan. Right. <laughs> so, I, if, if I could have, if I could have paid $500, maybe it would have been worth it. Maybe I would have deserved... Yeah the salary level that could have afforded to pay off that kind of college debt. But but anyway, so in other ways, my degree has been worth it because I've used it a ton in um, a couple of jobs um, and um, certainly a lot of um, extracurricular, like volunteer things that I've done, creating flyers, um, you know, or like a logo. Um, they're basic to me. They're really basic skills because I'm not very good at them. Like somebody who's been doing it for ten years, but I I still at least know how to come up with the concept of it, and um, or how to you know write a press release or whatever. You know, those different skills have come in handy over the years. And I think that as I transition out of this graduate degree, which prayerfully will be financially worth it. And it, it seems like it will. Yeah. Um, the communication skills that I learned in undergraduate in undergrad, um, are going to come in, in use in my future practice as an occupational therapist. And, you know, if I decide to have my own practice or if I decide to, um, you know, maybe just be a contract worker or have kind of like a little side thing that I do, I know that I'm going to use those skills because if I open my own practice, let's just say that I I open my own therapy service, um, I will be able to influence the, the logo the communications that are going out about my services. I I have the know-how to influence those things. So even though I didn't get to use this degree directly Mm -hmm. to to be a, you know, a a program director of volunteer services um, or, you know, the PR spokesperson for said nonprofit program, Mm -hmm. whatever, I'm still using it but not for financial gain. Right. I think the root of it all is going back to what I said in the beginning about having that break to really figure out what you want to do. I think if and when you decide to go into college, you have to be strategic and intentional about your degree. You have to be like, okay, I want to be a doctor. I want to be an occupational therapist. Yeah. What are the boxes I need to check in order to get there? Yes. Um, 
And for me, in regards, it's for me, my, I guess I have a unique case because I have a professional degree in communications, but then the other side of it is like film and TV cinema. Like that's a whole nother different world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I will say piggybacking off of what you said, like me being on sets and me seeing like the film culture, the film atmosphere on the ground. Yeah. I got to, you know, put my skills on deck in those environments because of my experience from the professional world. Yeah. I was able to be pushed out of my box and communicate better yeah. because of my experience in the professional world after getting my degree. Yeah. So I think it has it comes down to really just, you know, defining whatever that path is for you as you go through college yeah but it's okay to not know what that path is when it is okay it is okay yeah hold on a second be quiet lulu that's one of my furry children those are others (laughs) oh i thought you were gonna edit that out no i'm gonna keep that in there (laughs) (laughs) um so but yeah it's it's okay to not know. You're not supposed to know. You know what? I I think that is something that should be immediately dispelled. You are not supposed to know what you're doing. And you know what? I figured this out in OT school. So let me tell you guys. In OT school, you get in and you're, you know, you're going through these classes. Everybody is also confused and everybody else is also stressed out. And in occupational therapy, you can work in different settings. In quotations which means that you can you know different areas you can have you can work in a different kind of therapy like working with pediatrics working with kids working in a nursing home you can work in a hospital you can work in outpatients where people just come in to get services from you you can do contract work you can work in mental health so many ways that you can do this and all of us are confused and you know we just all feel like we don't know we not theorize. We that. still don't know, by the way. No, 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 no. We're no. still trying to figure it out. Right in our thirties, don't know what we're doing. <laughs> uh, but we, as I have, you know, I am one to want to do research. Tell me all the things. I don't want to find out by myself. If you want to teach me things, so I don't have to learn the hard lessons the hard way, come teach me the things. And so I've been following a lot of occupational therapists on social media, on YouTube, and ones that work in different settings that I'm not really interested in some that are in areas that I think I really want to be in and I'm hearing them talk and every single one of them say when you get out of college when you get out of grad school you will feel like you don't know what you're doing that's normal and for somebody to say that to me I'm not gonna lie to you guys it's very comforting yeah I'm like okay okay all right I'm prepared to feel like an idiot when I get out after having spent years cultivating these skills and still feeling like I don't know what's going on yeah like going back real quick to like when we graduate college and people are asking us like so what's next what are you gonna do and it's like can I just take a moment and like celebrate myself out the five years I was in this (laughs) institution right five years of prison Yeah, like just that time to reflect and like be celebratory because honestly after college I felt like a failure like I yeah. felt like dang I just spent all this time I, yeah I got this shiny degree but like yeah. what am I supposed to do with it how is yeah. it supposed to produce the life that I envisioned for myself graduating college 
because I sure as heck did not expect to have to move back in with my parents as long as I was. Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody. That's why it is the the plot of every TV show and movie about adulthood in your 30s, which one of my favorite TV shows is New Girl, and it's one of the 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 under plots, which is why all the friends live in a loft together. Most of them have college degrees, and as a matter of fact, Nick Miller on the show is actually a a lawyer who passed the bar and is allowed to practice law in the state of California. Like mm-hmm. the the like he's he's just this guy who owns a bar like runs or works at a bar and he just seems like a like you know he's the kind of guy that doesn't want to put his money in a bank because banks are just boxes with papers walls or whatever <laughs> he's just that kind of weird like conspiracy theorist but he's smart and he doesn't look smart but he is smart but they still can't afford a life of their own so they all come and live in this loft together as people in their late 20s and early 30s and i was like yep that is definitely my life although i didn't live in a loft with people but i can relate to you know yeah. the expectations being different but i i'm saying all that to say had i gotten that same advice had all of us gotten the same advice from undergrad on the day of graduation or in sometime in college um, senior year to say when you graduate you will feel like you don't know what to do next yeah you will feel like you don't know what's going mm-hmm. on you will feel like XYZ you're gonna feel like you don't like you're swimming in the ocean it's normal you're going to figure it out you're going to find your way but at first mm-hmm. you're gonna feel like you're just out there right <laughs> Flowing land. Land. Right. You're going to feel confused. Land. Yeah. Um, I want to say this to close this out because I think this must be very highlighted. highlighted. Um, as a, not just as a friend, but as an observer of you all's lives and progress over the last decade, you all's level of professionalism is like top notch. Um, okay. And I've seen that Thank in the you. I've seen that in the way you takes one to know one, sir. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've I've seen how you all communicate in written form, verbally, um, in the uh, company of other people that are different than you, people that may even have uh, similar views, uh, but you have this sense of decorum, and uh, you both have you can probably name all the countless encounters that you've had uh, with. Uh, Many people will probably characterize as difficult, but you you stood your ground and you made sure that whatever the situation was, that you presented yourself well. And um, even in preparation, I know to our um, personal um, episode on this podcast, Mm -hmm. Danielle, um, the process that uh, the questions that you asked, uh, time frame, how it's going to be set up, um, that was very... um, I can tell this is something that you do because it's something that you do. Yeah. And it's something that you learned and it's something you know to yourself. This is a skill that not only helps me, but may help somebody else and help conduct things and format things in a way that things can run smoothly. Uh, But I just really appreciate that as a man to women because you all, that's a whole totally different conversation (laughs) with you all dealing with Uh, the workplace, being in a position where you get paid for what you're worth, um, being how you're treated, how you're presented, how um, you have to conduct yourselves as women opposed Mm -hmm. to men who most of the time, honestly, we take advantage of our masculinity. 
uh, but I'm just really uh, moved by how much you value yourselves. Mm. So, I've, and Thank I noticed you. that yeah. in all Thank the small you. and large things that you do. So, I highly appreciate that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, for those of you who are listening, uh, this is the latest episode of the Glory Not Stories with me, your host Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr., uh, with my uh, awesome, beautiful wife. Mrs. Adrian Pennywell and um, life um, friend, uh, Miss Danielle uh, mm-hmm. Pelmore. Um, we've done life together and we will continue life to do friend. so. Yes. And um, like, <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm starting to understand and appreciate um, relationships and the value of them. And how when you you live your life and you end up intertwining, you end up bumping into each other, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's when you get to a certain point because of what we've been through, we all have something to offer. Mm-hmm. And we can say something and somebody's like, you know what, I never thought of that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what we've created is this conglomerate of experiences via college, which is where we all connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even though we're going in different directions we're going together right yeah and it's and it's helpful so uh but thank you all for listening uh and again this is the latest episode titled uh school days yo thank you all for listening tune in next time for the latest episode of the glory in our stories (laughs) 